Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Good Screen Podcast. My name is Russell. My name is Lauren. And today, it's episode 54. Yes, I think so. This was going to be a bonus episode. Yeah, but time constraints made it a regular episode. Yes, but I will say there will be an episode 55 directly after this. Yes, yes, yes. With similar subject material. You could probably predict what it is. Yes. So if you clicked (laughs) on this or tapped it on your phone, today we are going to be talking about all four of the... Hunger Games. Hunger Games movies. Yes. A, a series that up until recently, I think time forgot. Um, I think it depends on your age demographic. Right. But I will I will say, I think it has been slept on over the last like five years or so. It's been a minute since it's anyone been, really thought it, about it. It tapered off right after the last movie came out. Pretty much. To me, at I least. I mean, yeah. So, I guess before we go into this, um, this is a well-loved series getting a little uh, there's a new nostalgia and new uh interest in it because of a new movie yep that's a prequel that we'll be talking about later well it was a book first it was a book first and mm-hmm. and um that came out and nobody really was talking about it at least in in my world i my heard corner. about it because i was working at target at the time when it came yeah, out and it, you were selling it there and, yeah and so i bought it when it went on <clears> sale <throat> I didn't know this until I was doing the research for it. I guess I'll just mention it now because I'm talking about the book. Okay. But it had a digital release before it ever had a physical book release because of COVID. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And wow. so printing presses weren't really running during COVID, I guess. Or they just chose to release it There might it have digitally. been a delay. Yeah. And yeah, something like that. And okay. so the physical release was like almost a full like eight months after it actually came out digitally. Wow. Yeah, because the book came out in 2020, uh, early 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And so I picked up the physical release at Target when it came out because there was like this whole big display thing that we had. Uh Uh-huh. And I never read it (laughs) until uh, we were getting ready to go. But we're not talking about that movie right now. No. So let's talk about that later. All right, whatever. (laughs) Shelf that for later. So let's, before we get into the the movies and everything and the background information for the hunger games yep uh what what's your background on the series because i feel like this is one of two young adult novels or teenager children's novels and uh, not, not children but like teenager. YA. ya as they call it yeah that we actually have overlap for you were a little kind too of. young for harry potter and, and yeah i was and um i was i was a boy so i wasn't really the demographic for twilight no but that twilight and the hunger games to an extent is something that we both were able to experience despite a five-year age gap growing up yeah um so what's your what's your experience with it? My experience was it Wait, that was a weird sentence. My experience <laughs> with it was that in I want to say it was like 8th grade. Mhm. Um I had seen one of my class like classmates reading it. Mhm. And I went and looked into it at the library. 
and I checked it out because they had like their own personal copy of right. it. So I checked it out from, I think, the public library because I don't even know if our library had it. And I read it. I fell in love with it. I saw the movie with friends, I think. Okay. I don't quite remember. <laughs> I know the later ones I definitely saw with friends at the theaters. And I read all the books. Okay. And I read them multiple times. Like, I ended up buying my own copies. Right. With Christmas money or something. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So that means it was a really big deal. Really big deal. <laughs> yeah. I've done that before. I, I bought had, Transformers. I had the paperbacks that were, like, the gold, like, red and, like, silver. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the metallic like. covers. Yeah. Well, no, because there was the cover where it was, like, black. Yeah. With the insignias or whatever yeah but then there was like the special like gold one okay i had those and i had them up until when i moved out but i left them at my mom's okay i didn't deem them important yeah they're in a landfill okay so (laughs) so you um you were definitely like the prime audience for it uh, maybe not mm-hmm. when the book first came out, because the book came out when I was in eighth grade. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I didn't hear anything of it until the movie, and by the time the movie came out, uh, I was in twelfth grade. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really interested in it. I knew some people in high school in my senior year uh, who were pretty into it mm-hmm. and thought it was pretty interesting, but I never read it until um, the girl I was dating in college era russell yeah if you want to get taylor swift on my <laughs> life um wow i can't believe she divides her her life into eras but she's like 30 it's based on her <laughs> albums okay anyways and like the um, tours that i she wish i had an albums. album anyways um taylor swift aside who was featured on the soundtrack to the first movie. Yeah, the Safe and Sound song. Yeah. I remember that. I had that downloaded on the MP3. country twang a little bit then. A little bit. Yeah. Also, the Lord songs that came out for the movies. Yeah. Impactful. Anyway, um, so a girl I was dating while I was in college really liked the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, she let me borrow... Uh, the first two books, the first book I read like in a weekend and I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, and then I watched a movie and then the second book, I think I mentioned this on like two podcasts ago or maybe on the podcast that we lost, but uh, I was reading the second book um, while she, while we broke up. Yeah. So I kind of like hate read through it and I remembered a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. And I never f- finished watching the movie either because I was just so sick of the series. And uh, <laughs> I never I never read the third book. Yeah. And I forgot about it. That's when I forgot about the series. It was right before um, the the first Mockingjay movie came out. So mm-hmm. I was, uh, yeah. The, what year did the first movie come out? Uh, 2012. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I would have been going to the movies like every other Friday with my friends. Right. I probably saw it in theaters. I just don't remember. Okay. I probably I definitely did, saw them all in I, theaters. I would have probably thrown up if I saw the first movie in theaters. Um, okay. I, def- so. <laughs> I definitely remember seeing 
the Mockingjay movies with some specific friends later on. I remember but the, the movie... first one, I don't remember who I saw it with. I remember specifically these movies feeling like the end of the era of uh, book movies. Even though there was another young adult like series after this, Divergent, Divergent Ugh. that was really like Divergent the end. was just hanging off the coattails of the Hunger yeah, Games. Yeah, like and I just I just feel like this this series itself marked the end of an era. And I feel like the new one, if you want to talk about it for just a little bit, mm-hmm. um, marks the beginning of uh, these could be a thing again if, you know, the current trend yeah. in cinema, Marvel, Disney, starts floundering around again. Because I have some very interesting information for you. Well, I mean, a lot of books are becoming TV shows now because, like, the Percy Jackson, it's right. going to be a TV series. Right. There's Bridgerton, technically. That's a book series? There's a book series. Okay. Um,. I feel like what's the other one? Hat, uh, uh, Wheel of Time. That's a yeah. That that yeah. has to be a TV series. That yeah. would be got ungodly awful if it was, um, just because of the length of yeah. all the books and, and how many there are. Yeah, and then the book that I've been reading that I'll talk about. We're not doing good screens or screenless shoutouts in this episode. Next episode we are. So. Yeah. So when I get to my screenless shoutout, all the way then I'm not going to say the title of the book now. Yeah um that's that's an amazon tv show i looked it up is it already amazon got the rights to it it's not being made yet but they got the rights to it oh my god um okay so before we get really off track let's start talking about the hunger games Woo! so the hunger (laughs) (laughs) yeah um the hunger games (laughs) was a series of novels is a series of novels that was written by suzanne collins yes before she started writing books, she wrote for children's television. Do you want to know what TV series that she wrote for? Can I guess? Yes. Can I get a genre, please? Nick Jr. Can I get years it was active? Like early 2000s? When you were watching Nick Jr., probably. Fuck. I'm going to guess Wow Wow Wubsy. Yes. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, she also did. Um, she also did Little Bear, Oswald. I, love Little Bear. I loved Oswald. Clifford's Puppy Days. That was the PBS show. Yeah. And Cal- Clarissa explains it all. Oh my god! And the Mystery Files of Shelby Wu. That's like I don't know the last one, but I, I watched uh, all of those. I. Oh my my little cousins watched a couple. of those, Oswald so. was so good. He has a little wiener dog. He, that was a hot dog. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, Suzanne Collins has been in my childhood my whole life. Yeah, she was behind the scenes. That wasn't even my jump scare I was talking about. I told Lauren <laughs> that I have a few jump scares in here. And that was just kind of like, a, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, so I'm glad I looked into this. But uh, she wrote another series of novels before The Hunger Games called The Underland Chronicles. Hmm. Uh, they were published between 2003 and 2007. And it told a story of a boy named Gregor and his adventures in the Underland, a subterranean world located under New York City. The Underland is inhabited by humans who traveled below hundreds of years ago, along with various giant versions of creatures like bats and cockroaches and and rats. According to the author, the series involves many topics relating to war, including biological warfare, genocide, and military intelligence. Anyway. That's such a night and day. Uh, it's it's night and day, but also kind of like 
building blocks to what you would get to eventually oh, in the Hunger Games. Definitely. It also kind of sounds like. Do you remember that one book series that was called like Ember or something like that? Yeah. About the underground series. I don't know what it was about, but I remember a lot some kids reading it when I was in high mm-hmm. school. I remember the movie coming out. Mm. I never read the book though, but it's kind of similar. It's like about humans have retreated underground and it's like forbidden to go above ground. But then it turns out above ground is pretty cool. Probably. It's like the allegory of the cave. Yeah. I think it's Allegory of the Cave, but for children. Um, <laughs> anyway, so she probably did that while she was writing for children's television to kind of... That was night and day. That part yeah. was night and day. That's what you were meant. Okay. Wow, wow, wubsy by um, day. Genocide and warfare by night. Yeah, she said she was inspired by Alice in Wonderland. Hmm. but Okay, I see it. But uh, how it's more likely to not find a tea party down there. Yeah, I don't think you would. Yeah, okay. Unless so, it's with the New York City rats. The rats were probably the same size as they normally are because they're just huge anyways. Have you ever seen a rat in New York City? I've never been to New York City. Uh, they're they're big, but like they're not like Aren't huge. they the size of like chihuahuas? They're the size of my my shoe over there. Imagine that's a rat. That's crazy. Yeah. The, the, that's I, big. I saw them uh, along subway tracks. Anyway. They're well um, fed. They are well fed. <laughs> so ab- immediately after that, she... Um, started working on the hunger game series um the first one was published by scholastic mm-hmm. in 2008 september 2008 uh had a few inspirations and i'll go over this in high detail so we know exactly <laughs> if you haven't read the hunger games or if you have no clue what we're talking about and you don't care um you're probably not watching this or listening to this but i'm gonna tell you okay uh First inspiration. <laughs> um, one day, Suzanne was channel surfing between a reality show and coverage of the invasion of Iraq. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, the two channels started... It's 9-11. T- no, it was in, uh, 2003. Okay. Which was... I think that was the invasion of Iraq. Uh, uh, the two channels know. began to blur kidding. together, and it was very in a very unsettling way, she said. Mm-hmm. Um, the second inspiration, uh, which... Uh, I had to look into, and I'll go over in detail a little bit later, based on another uh, bit of lore. Okay. Uh, it was inspired by the Greek myth of Theseus and the Minotaur. Oh. Uh, Collins stated that Katniss is a futuristic Theseus, and the framework for the games was based on gladiatorial games. Okay. Uh, there were not gladiatorial games in that myth, but again, I will go into that in detail a little bit later because i found the information on that not on wikipedia i went to another website so oh, okay um, probably more trustworthy <laughs> probably but i donated to wikipedia so yeah I, I i get to use this information i need to do my yearly wikipedia donation do your wiki- wikipedia donation everybody you don't have to donate three dollars they're good um her father's career in the air force uh also inspired her which gave her insight to poverty starvation and the effects of war uh, Suzanne also lost her father in the Vietnam War, which oh, was uh, influential to the background of Katniss having lost her father five years before the book begins. Mm-hmm. Except uh, her dad died in a coal mine. Not yeah, in not in Vietnam. <laughs> uh, Catching Fire was published just a year later in 2009, and Mockingjay just under a year later in August of 2010. She got it out quick. She, she wrote, needed to get it out for the book fair. She wrote hard. Uh, in the first 14 months of publication, <clears throat> 1.5 million copies of the first two books in the series were printed in North America, and The Hunger Games was on the New York Times bestseller list for more than 60 weeks in a row. Oh, wow. 
obviously there was film talks after Aldous' success. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lionsgate Entertainment uh, received the film adaptation rights for all three books in the series worldwide. I think around the time of like Catching Fire coming out, or maybe after the third one was done. I don't know. Okay. And Suzanne Collins adapted the novel for the first film herself. Yeah. Just for the first one. I know when the newest one, she is a producer. Okay. That makes sense. But she only did the screenplay on The Hunger Games. Mm. Uh, And then I have uh, Suzanne Collins' victory lap. Um, (laughs) She was named one of Time Magazine's most influential people of 2010. Okay. Uh, in March of 2012, she was the best-selling Kindle Kindle author of all time. Oh. So maybe that's why she released it on Kindle first um, for the new one. Oh, maybe. But Amazon also shared that she had written 29 of the 100 most highlighted passages in Kindle eBooks, and later in a separate list, she had written 17 of the top 20. Oh wow! I didn't know you could do that on Kindle. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, she won a lot of awards. Uh, I will go through them very quickly. Uh, she won the 2011 California Young Reader Medal, uh, Publishers Weekly Best Books of the Year for Children's Fiction, okay, and American Library Association Top 10 Books for Young Adult Selection, mm-hmm. an ALA Notable Children's Book, 2008 CYBIL Award Fantasy and Science Fiction, Kirkus Best Young Adult Book of 2008. Mm-hmm. A Horn Book Fanfare. Don't know what that is. Whoa. Um, School Library Journal Best Books of 2008. A Best a Book List Editor's Choice 2008. New York Public Library 100 Titles for Reading and Sharing. 2004. I guess this was for the other <laughs> series. Uh, and NAIBA. Children's Novel Award, 2006, ALS, again for the other series, mm-hmm. ALSC Notable Children's Recording Audio Version, oh. and the 2016 Authors Guild Award for Distinguished Service to the Literary Community, first time awarded for an author of young adult fiction. Wow. Yeah, she she did her service. <clears throat> and here's my jump scare. Ah! The movie Battle Royale was released in 2000. <laughs> I fucking knew it! <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was directed by Kinji Fu- <clears throat> Fukasaku and written by his son, Kenta Fukasaku, based on the 1999 novel by Koshin Takami, starring Tatsuya Fujiwara, Aki Naeda, Taro Yamamoto, and Takeshi Kitano. The story of Battle Royale is about a group of junior high school students who are forced to fight to the death by the Japanese totalitarian government. Um, the film was very controversial and was banned or even excluded from being distributed in several countries. Yeah. Uh, Toei refused to sell the film in any United States distributor, citing what? controversy and lawsuits. And it's worth noting that this movie came out uh, right after Columbine. Ooh. Uh, Anchor Bay yeah, Films. Yeah, well, also if it came out in 2000 overseas... By the time it got over here in 2001. 9-11. Yeah, I think think it was more of a Columbine thing. You think it was a Columbine thing? It was a Columbine thing. thing. Kids with, like, they have guns in in Battle Royale. Not bows and sticks and swords and spears. They have automatic rifles. 
Yeah. So um, I think I think a it was a little untasteful at the moment. Yeah. So uh, it took a while to get over here. Should have given it a few years. Uh, it, and they did. Anchor Bay Films acquired the rights for the film in 2010, and. It was a direct-to-video release. I don't know. I typed something weird there. Oh, okay. And despite the controversy and the R15 Plus rating, which was very rare in Japan at the time, Mm -hmm. it was the highest-grossing Japanese-language film for six weeks after release and was later released in 22 countries worldwide, grossing over $30 in 10 countries. Oh. And it was critically acclaimed and considered a cult following. And then uh, a little man known as Quentin Tarantino comes along, <laughs> and he says that it's his favorite film in the past two decades. And he said that recently. Yeah, really? Yes. Because it came out in twenty in 2000, and two decades from that is um, 2020. So he must have said that oh, like shit. after 2020. Yeah. Wow. Isn't, isn't that wild? Anyway, Battle Royale is widely regarded to have spawned the Battle Royale genre, which includes games, anime, comic books, films, manga, and TV shows. Like however, Fortnite. however, <laughs> the Hunger Games and Battle Royale were compared upon release. Of course. People thought that Suzanne Collins ripped off Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. And it was under I was under the impression that she did. She saw the movie and she was like, that's pretty cool. But no, uh- she stands by the two things that i mentioned before mm-hmm. like being inspired by weird television stuff yeah her dad and uh, well three things i guess and especially the greek myth and i'll go into that in detail here so again quentin tarantino known battle royale fan was on jimmy kimmel live in 2022 was that before or after hatsune miku was on jimmy kimmel uh hatsune miku was on david letterman god they're all the fucking same and that was in 2012 okay or like 2011 or Post something like Miku. that yes um <laughs> he was talking about about his movies in battle royale and he stated that he wished he directed battle royale for some reason and stated it directly inspired suzanne collins hunger games series Liar. Uh, he said yeah i don't know where he's getting this from he said i'm a big fan of the japanese movie battle royale which is what the hunger games was based on well hunger games just ripped it off that would have been awesome to have directed Battle Royale. He just loves this movie. He's a hater. He's not like I. Th- I think he's just misinformed. Uh, Suzanne Collin has gone on record stating she never heard of Battle Royale prior to the publication of The Hunger Games, and the similarities are all just a coincidence. She also stated many times that her story was formed around the myth of Theseus, reality television, and her experience with war. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned this all before, but I didn't state what Theseus was about, and now I'm into that section. Yay! Uh, the myth of Theseus. Uh, Athens sends a selection of young men and women to Crete as a tribute, <gasps> but none of them survive. No! Uh, in the story, Theseus volunteers to go. Oh my god! And kills the Minotaur to stop the cycle from repeating. Oh my god. Snow! Uh, Theseus' story is set in a labyrinth and not an arena. So there's, you know, there's a difference. I'm, yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, oh, that made a really weird sound blip. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I bumped the microphone pretty hard. I'm going to have to cut that out. Uh, Jonathan Looms of the Oxford student s- stated, unfair that the film is only drawing comparisons with Battle Royale, but that it is a veritable pastiche. Oh, God, I hate words of other uh, movies. 
as well as comparing it to the Truman Show, Death Race, the Bourne films, <laughs> and, and Zoolander. Zoolander? Because the fashion stuff. Uh, okay. There's, a, there's some Zoolander I mean, overlap later on. Uh, anyway, uh, it's common for artists to borrow from and improve upon many sources. Quentin Tarantino has built his career on this principle. He has. <laughs> so fuck you, yeah. Quentin Tarantino. He's not your one movies to talk. are your movies are good, but you gotta you know stick to talking about feet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, battle royale. The battle royale genre was walled off to Japan prior to the Hunger Games. Overall, mm. um, you can see. Uh, references to and inspirations of battle royale direct ones because you know japan yeah uh in the anime gantz um i think it's an anime higurashi when they cry future diary batum um i i think i meant to write zero escape but i wrote arrow escape okay um zero escape is the same thing as 999 uh, which was a DS game where you had to like make it out of like a like a death game with a bunch okay. of kids and Dagarampa. Yeah, yeah, Danganronpa, Danganronpan, Danganronpa. That's a big one. Um, <laughs> the movies. Now we're talking about the movies. Sorry movies. about that. Now we have context for the Hunger Games. Yes. So we learned a lot today. I did. That's wonderful. Yeah, I've learned a lot so far. I've learned a lot too, and I have a little bit to share with you about the first movie before we start talking about what we thought about it. Okay. And I stopped spitting out my four pages of, I'm sorry, eight pages of notes. Yeah, I was going to wait to mention, you basically, Russell basically wrote like a huge video essay. Not really. It's eight pages. It's, it's a bulleted list think that's how people write video essays is that true sometimes probably well you know maybe this is my metamorphosis jenny nicholson does bolded lists jenny nicholson hasn't uploaded a goddamn youtube video for two years i miss her she's making a lot of money off patreon she's selling her feet pics is quentin tarantino on there no she just does like her (laughs) videos now but just on patreon oh that's awesome yeah so the first movie is called the hunger games Mm -hmm. it was directed by gary ross do you know what movies he directed before this? Can I guess? Yes. Can I get a genre, please? Um, oh. They're all different. <laughs> What's the one you think I would know? It's about a horse. Secretariat. No. No, wrong name. Um. I know you're thinking of the right mm, movie, but you don't know the right name. Toby McGuire was in the movie. Oh, no. Ah. Uh, uh, um, Sea Biscuit. Yeah, he did Sea Biscuit. He did Lassie in 1994. I, I've never seen that one. And Big with Tom Hanks, where he becomes a big kid. Oh no, I didn't see that one. Um, the screenplay was co-written by Gary Ross and Suzanne Collins. Um, there was someone else there too, uh, but I didn't write their name down. So I guess they I, weren't I, noteworthy. I, I'm a true video essayist. <laughs> Because I'm not giving everyone like uh, MLA not formatted. The full facts. Yeah, I'm not giving the full facts. I'm just you know this is entertainment. Someone's someone is going to Thanksgiving in the morning or in the evening or coming home and listening to this be like, oh wow, very informative. Yes. Yes. Oh, Hunger Games. Oh, that's funny. Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, it's Thanksgiving soon. 
Hunger. Yeah. You know. Oh, Hunger. Yeah. I get it. It is starring Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, before this, she was in uh, a few movies. I highlighted a couple, and I did this for the the core cast. Yeah. Uh, I have only a few for every movie, but it's whatever. Okay. Uh, she was in Garden Party Like Crazy and X-Men First Class. She's Mystique, the blue girl. She is. Josh Hutcherson. He was in Zathura. <laughs> <laughs> He was in Zathura. I hope that came out good. That might have been too loud. Zathura, RV, Bridge to Terabithia, and the Journey movies. He was such a... He was my childhood. He was a big part of your childhood. He was a big part of my childhood. I didn't realize how big it was until I looked on Wikipedia. I watched all of his movies as they came out as I was growing up, basically. Yeah. I missed all of his movies in theaters, except for RV. I saw that on home video. It was the last thing my family rented from blockbuster rest in peace although you know what no we bought it from blockbuster i didn't see any of those in theater but i they were definitely an integral part of my childhood especially zathura yeah i watched that movie on repeat when i was a kid so also liam hemsworth was in this movie he was uh, the forgotten ooh, the forgotten brother. hemsworth he was also before this he was in these are all by the way all the movies that i mentioned here are before the hunger games or before Whatever movie I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. I think you did say that. Yeah. Uh, he was in Knowing Triangle and The Last Song. Uh, Woody Harrelson, he was in a lot of movies. He was Hamish. Hamish, yes. Uh, is Elizabeth Banks, uh, she was in Seabiscuit, W, the documentary about George Bush. Okay. And 30 Rock. She was in 30 Rock. I've never seen that. It's a TV show. Oh, okay. Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> yeah. He's a musician. He played um, the fashion guy. Senna? Senna. Yeah. Can you say who they play, please? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Elizabeth Banks was the fashion woman. I forget her name. Um, <laughs> fuck, what's her name? Um, Effie. Effie. Yeah, she was Effie. Um, Lenny Kravitz was Senna. He's a very prolific musician. Um, <laughs> Movie-wise, it was kind of interesting going through. Okay. Um, <laughs> the first... The f- Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I just now putting, putting two and two together on his first movie role. Um... His first credit in a film, in a feature film, was for the Rugrats movie. <laughs> Do you remember the part in the Rugrats movie where Tommy's having the dream about his bi- his new brother, and it has like a man's voice? That's Lenny That's Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz. What the fuck? <laughs> so that was his breakout in, into um. Film. Voice acting and film. Wow. Uh, he was also in Zoolander. <laughs> okay. Um, he was in a movie called The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. And he was in Precious. In everything but Precious, he starred himself. <laughs> um, I would consider him starring as himself in the Rugrats movie <laughs> as well. There were a bunch of other movies, too, that it just said the whole list was like as himself so i mean yeah why be anything but yourself um 
And then Donald Sutherland, who was um, Snell. Okay. Donald I, Sutherland. I is, have a question. What? Did he voice Santa in the Polar Express? I don't know. And I did not look that up. I'm looking I it didn't up write, right now. I didn't write anything down for him because, like Woody Harrelson, he was in a lot of movies. And I guess when I was writing this part, I was like, I'm, I'm a little tired of writing. But later on, I did get a few actors who were in just as many movies uh, and put some down. So, unfortunately, I did not revise my list. Um, he oh, might have no. been, Oh, no. Tom Hanks voices Santa Claus. Oh, he, he voices of, everything in that movie. He really does, but a lot of other people have said that it sounds like him. Because hmm. when he started talking, I was like, Santa? He looks like Santa. <laughs> I got Santa jump scared. All right, so... Yeah, he was in a ton of movies. He's 88 years old. He's probably done acting now. Uh, yeah. Uh, prior to the Hunger Games, Lionsgate hadn't made a profit for five years. Ooh. What and movies did they have? A lot. I didn't write down a whole studio's back. Log. You could have just done the most notable ones. The Hunger Games. Okay, before the Hunger Games. I don't know. All right, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like the ones that failed. It doesn't. It does not matter. Okay, whatever. The film was shot in North Carolina. Okay. Gary Ross w- wanted to direct the movie because his children read the book. Uh, it's very faithful to the original novel, although mm-hmm. there is like one or two things that change because it's not first person. Um, the box office was $408 million in the USA and Canada and $286.4 million elsewhere uh, for a total of $694.4 million. Did you get what the budget was? Um, the budget was... I don't know. The budget was l- much lower. Let's just say that. Okay. Um, it was a si- se- uh, 22nd highest. <clears throat> let me try that again. It was the 22nd highest grossing film released outside of summer or holiday periods. Uh, in Ever? Um, assuming ever, yes. Okay. Uh, it's the highest grossing Lionsgate film. Mm-hmm. I think until the next one came out. Um, it estimated that over 50 million tickets were sold in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Midnight gross record for a non-sequel at 19.7 million, 10th highest midnight released ever. Opened at number one in the box office, obviously, mm-hmm. and it was the third highest opening weekend of 2012. Um, just to let you know, a little jump scare for you, but not really like a jump scare, jump scare. Ah! Um, it was the third highest uh, to. Uh, Avengers, who was number one. Ew. And The Dark Knight Rises, that was number two. Oh, okay, okay. And it was actually brought back for a week at some point due to overwhelming demand. Mm. All right, so that's all I got on The Hunger Games. Do you want to actually, like, not look at a script for a little bit? I'm not looking at the script. I am. (laughs) I don't have a script. I'm looking at the... I have free will. I'm looking at the information screen. Okay. So, what did you think about the first movie in the Hunger Games series called The Hunger Games? <laughs> I love it. It I... holds a very special place in my heart. I see your critiques now that I'm an adult. Yes. And not a 14-year-old this girl was watching a tough this. Watch. But <laughs> I feel like okay. I'm going to bring up Twilight here. Oh. So much like with 
Twilight. The first movie is different. The first movie is directed by a totally different person compared right. to all the others with a totally different direction. Where I Twilight feel like, had a blue filter. This has shaky cam. Yes. <laughs> I feel like it's a similar enough thing to compare because the first Twilight was directed by Catherine Hardwick and she really wanted it to mostly be like angsty teenager vibes. You know, she's the reason why um Robert Pattinson was able to be cast as um Edward. The studio didn't think he was sexy enough. Hmm. And she was like, "No, he is." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, go on. That's an interesting tidbit. Um We'll do Twilight one day. I'm Someday. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. If this goes over well. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, but yeah. I feel like it's comparable enough type. Uh, what's the word? What Circumstance. Circumstances. Yeah, the circumstances yes. line up similarly enough. Right. It's young adult. Mm-hmm. There's romance involved. Yep. High stakes. The last movie's two parts. Last movie's two parts. Which they almost knew right away. I guess. Yeah. I, I'd assume you know that. Not me. I think I wrote something down about it later. Okay. Um. <laughs> love triangle. Love triangle, yep. And. Not as good of a love triangle. Or maybe it was fleshed out a little better in the books. I think it read better in the books than it played yeah. in the movie. And also, did I say YA demographic? Yes. Teenage girl uh, star. Star, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first movies being like breakthrough things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I- Twilight, like... Twilight broke the glass ceiling. <laughs> Twilight <laughs> rode off the coattails of Harry Potter. Did it? Yes. I wasn't there for Harry Potter. I wouldn't know. I was there when Twilight came. Robert Pattinson was in a Harry Potter movie like a right Yeah, and he before. fucking died. Yeah. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so it is kind of like the next evolution and this is like would you consider Harry Potter, Twilight, and Hunger Games to be like the big three of of young adult novels of the time? I think it depends on the age demographic you're looking at. Yeah. Like how with my generation, Harry Potter was done. Harry Potter was done by the time I reached 12 years old. Harry Potter was... But Hunger Games was up and rising and Twilight was still relevant. Yeah. I mean, Harry Potter was still a big thing because, you know, like pop culture... Like, Millennials were had money, so they yeah. were buying merchandise and still are. Yeah, and life. I mean, there were, uh, there's one girl that I knew in particular that was like crazy Harry Potter fan. Like, it, calm down. Okay. Um, but she didn't make it her whole personality. She just made it a lot of her personality. She was fun. She was a good person. Um, but I feel like for my generation well still it 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 depends i would say it depends for me personally it was percy jackson first okay um hunger games divergent unfortunately yeah so you didn't really have a good golden era no hunger games was kind of it and twilight was still relevant 
like the Twilight movies were still coming out around the same time. The last one came right. out in like 2012, 2013. yeah. Yeah. So it was still around. So there was just a little bit of overlap with them. Barely. Um, but after I think, a, again, I mentioned it before, I think after the Hunger Games, like nothing rode that lightning like that, except for like maybe Game of Thrones, if you could count that. But it's not a young adult thing. It's not a young adult thing. No. Um, and you could argue later on that no, it did not succeed. Yeah. But at first, it was insane. Yeah, it was, Game of Thrones was the next big literary thing. Mm -hmm. For sure. And man, that fall from merchandise being everywhere to being like half off and then gone in like a month or two in 2019 yeah was just so bizarre to see like i remember i had a friend at the time that i was going to college classes with yeah and we watched the episodes as they were premiering each week and you could see like the interest go down over time well it's like we were both really excited at first but we were all both like what could they even do with this like we know this is the last season like what are they gonna do yeah and each week we were more and more disappointed <laughs> and we didn't even bother watching the last episode wow it um, was sad what happened to game of thrones if you're ever gonna watch it just watch the first five seasons and then stop where were you the last time you saw a t-shirt that said i drink and i know things <laughs> oh, God. anyway the hunger games <laughs> Um, is a movie. Um, so yeah, basically here's the plot. Katniss is a poverty girl. The world has been. (laughs) Wow. Can I explain it? Yeah, you can talk. You can speak. Let me have a minute here. Okay. Am I getting to like lore lore or am I just just really brief? Skimming. Okay. Like really brief, like spark notes. Okay, Katniss is a teenage girl living in a dystopian world. <laughs> um, there's this fucked up thing called the Hunger Games, which is a punishment for the people living in the districts because 75 years ago they had an uprising against the capital. Yeah. And so a boy and a girl from each of the 12 districts are forced to go to these Hunger Games. To remind them that it's wrong to uprise. Yes. And, and this is why, because we'll, you know, we'll kill your kids. Yeah, we'll kill everyone, not just your kids. Yeah. And they fight to the death and one person wins. Yeah. And then they get like a good life. They get showboated. It's not a good life. Oh, they get showboated. Um, this movie. It's heavily implied in the books that Snow forces a lot of the victors into sex work oh that's weird well don't you remember when finnick was talking about selling his body oh yeah yeah okay um (laughs) oh yeah of course i remember that (laughs) um so yeah this movie is a pretty um vocal uh critique on capitalism yeah and, (laughs) and um celebrity culture yeah and um war and everything that i mentioned before mm-hmm. oh also in the book um she has a uh, gail is heavily implied to be one of her cousins oh <laughs> so like a second cousin or something like that um she has gail who right. she grew up with and is best friends with and maybe in love with mm. and has some sort of weird feeling for right and it's mutual 
And then the boy who gets picked to go with her ends up supposedly having a crush on her for since forever. And they have to fall in love together in order to win the games. But it feels like the crush was manufactured to um, promote ratings for the games. I don't think PETA's was. Katniss falling in love definitely was. Yeah. I think PETA's part was true. It probably was true, but like it seemed fake to her. Yeah, she so, yeah she didn't take it as genuine at first. Yeah, and that's kind of like a uh, um, a theme throughout the whole series. Yeah, Katniss is fucking stupid. And um, yeah, so there's Pina, Pina, and Gail, and they go to the games. Mm-hmm. And they win. Yeah, they win together. <laughs> they win together. They're the first pair to win yeah. because they're about to fucking suicide they break, themselves. They break all the rules. Basically. They they show, um, but like not joking or anything, but this was uh, one of the first instances of like a good like female lead, like a good strong female lead. I would agree. Um, you have, before this, you have um, Bella from Twilight. Who I wouldn't say is the best, like, role model. Bella's Mormon-coded. She's Mormon-coded. Red flag already. (laughs) Um, In the books, it reads more as awkward teenager than it shows in the movie. Right. But Kirsten Stewart did a fantastic job of being an awkward teenage girl. Right. And everyone hates her for it. But either way, um, Katniss um, was very strong. Mm-hmm. She stood up for her family. Very smart. She was very smart. Um, she got hurt and stuff. She wasn't a Mary Sue. No, no. Her life was actually hell, out, even later on in in the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, she never really had a good time, but she, you know, fought through and eventually got what she wanted. Yeah, I would not describe one part of any of those movies a good time. No, she's not a Mary Sue. She's not a Ray Skywalker. <laughs> no. There was a little bit of controversy that um, Jennifer Lawrence, mm-hmm. that she was too um, thin for the role because she, or no, I'm not thin, but like too good looking for the role because she's supposed to be impoverished and stuff. You can be pretty and poor. Yeah, you can be pretty and poor. Although later on, like in the later movies, they did make her lose weight. I remember oh. reading about that. They made her lose weight for Mockingjay. Yeah, she was a little like she was just normal looking she was normal looking like Jen- the whole appeal of jennifer lawrence was like she looked like the girl that everyone knew yeah like in their town or whatever yeah like that was the whole appeal um and she's great yeah you've seen a lot of her i bet yeah i have yeah the f- i'm not gonna mention don't it. mention it no i'm <laughs> it, it was a moment and we don't talk about it but it's all out there still and you know like living with that it's very sad probably sucks so yeah. much well, um yeah yeah it, it, it does it probably sucks a lot yeah when it's on the internet it's it there stays. forever um uh, man anyway um but yeah um uh, very she's a very good actress yes um definitely uh a star born out of this movie yes and maybe x-men as well yeah yeah this one was for the girls this one's for the x-men girlies. was for the guys <laughs> the guys liked x-men yeah, so and it was the same year boobies. no she was wearing something over it okay she wasn't like naked but that is a really good like the x-men first class and uh, the next one after that very good movies i never saw them very good i'll make you watch 
them eventually. Okay. It'll make you wish that they were still making them. We won't watch the two after that. <laughs> but uh, we'll watch the first two. Okay. And you'll be like, wow, I can't wait for Marvel to take over this. Hopefully. So, yeah. Um, the biggest critique of the movie that I could give is that... Um, I don't know if it's been a while since everyone has watched this movie like like we have. Um, but holy shit... Uh, the shaky cam trend was alive in okay, 2012. See, shaky cam doesn't bother me. But that's I the thing. I think it's because I don't have a stigmatism it, like you do. I don't have a stigmatism. I don't have fucked up eyes like I, you. No, it has nothing to do with stigmatism. It's just like nothing was... It was so hard to follow anything. That's not a stigmatism thing. What the fuck? That's like lights. can't focus. I don't know. No, that's lights. Um, <laughs> I don't know. No, shaky cam doesn't bother a, me that there much. There is this, the first scene of the movie when she's hunting was just like it felt like someone was walking behind her with a camera, like in in high school video class, like exaggerating, like and walking. like exaggerating and like taking it and like you know those videos on TikTok where they do like shoot a commercial, yeah, and like they and it turns out it like looks like shit, yeah, it's like that, and it like again like just watch the first 15 minutes of this movie and you'll like it goes on for the whole movie there are some good tracking shots here and there but overall the editing in this movie just fucking killed me no it didn't (laughs) it didn't bother me and i feel like this is another one of those things for the comparison of like breakthrough i don't know if they if the director was breakthrough or not you know what i mean the director directed many good movies before this i think it was just the trend of the times guess mm-hmm. but also just also on the trend of having like a different director for the first one than all the rest yeah. and having it make a really strong impression and then none of the other ones being the same as the first one at all well the Direct- same di- director wise the same director did the last three. Oh, really yeah oh yeah well that ruins my <laughs> hypothesis yeah that that, that, um, that takes that never mind i'll go over that when we get to catching fire but anyway okay. there was it was that and then i thought that the the scene where they first started the hunger games could have been done a little better um so when they all like start running towards the the cornucopia or whatever yeah um there's this weird symphony music like it's supposed to sound like ear ringing it's supposed to sound like ear ringing but it really doesn't sound like ears ringing it gives like anxiety vibes (laughs) yeah and and um, I thought that it would have been better if it was just like the sounds of everyone's footsteps and like the ineffective as like, oh, God, they're actually killing each other. OK, see, I think this is the difference of, of you're thinking what they would do for like a war movie. Right. This is, this is not a, a YA movie? novel movie. But no. they're they're killing each other. OK, that doesn't mean it's war. I think it would have been more effective if they silenced the whole scene footprint footsteps and running and 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 breaths and like (laughs) yeah maybe not like crazy like that but maybe all right maybe no breaths um and like just like metal clanging and like ah (laughs) okay i see the appeal of what you're talking about it would have been like oh fuck this is a ya novel movie right it probably would have also made the movie rated r yes probably (laughs) definitely yeah um that was like the the big two things for me that kind of like soured the whole movie for me um especially because the shaky cam was like on and off throughout the whole movie Mm -hmm. um 
I remember this is the one that I read fully. Uh, I read the second book too, but I read it very quickly. And I remember the scene in District 8 when... Uh, oh, I didn't mention Rue is her friend in, in, in the games. And um, Katniss is with Rue for a, a little while. Mm-hmm. And then Rue dies. Yeah. And she does like a salute to the cameras. Uh, it's televised throughout all the districts. Yeah. And um, uh, immediately, uh, District 8 riots. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't talked about until either the end of the first book or the beginning of the second book because it was all from her perspective. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting thing that they chose to do in the movie. We'll show it. We'll show it, yeah. That and there were a few conversations between Snow and the game maker that uh, did not exist in the book because mm. Katniss did not see them. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't. Um, and that goes throughout the whole series. Like, there's stuff. I'm not going to do, like, here's what you missed. 100,000 things you Because you're really gaining <laughs> when you watch the movies. You're gaining. You're not missing things. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and this is called The Good Screen, Not The Good Book. So we're going to talk mostly about the movie. So overall, um, I would say The Hunger Games is a good screen. I agree. Yeah. Um, Interesting concept. Um, Quick movie. This is probably the shortest one. It's very well paced. Well paced. Um, If you can get over um, uh, Parkinson's um, or the guy holding the, the camera then you will love this movie. Uh, I give it um, one Hunger Games movie. (laughs) Out of... uh, Four. Out of 24 tributes, what do you give it? Like 17. 17? Yeah. That's a very odd (laughs) number. Uh, Okay, so the next movie is Catching Fire. Yes, it is. It's the sequel. <laughs> yes, it is. It was released in November <laughs> of 2013. What day? I don't have the day. Oh. You want to see if it was on your birthday? It wasn't my birthday. Oh. Uh, it was directed by Francis Lawrence, uh, and he directed the rest of them. He did Constantine, I Am Legend, and Water for Elephants. Oh, God. <laughs> Another Robert Pattinson movie. Yeah. We should so, watch that one of these days. So, um... It's starring most of the same core cast, but there were some new additions, including Philip Seymour Hoffman. The cat changed, too. The cat changed, too. The cat was correct now. In the first one, it was not. Oh, okay. The cat was supposed to be orange, and they made it black and white. Oh, well. I remember noticing that when I saw it, and I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) How do you miscast a cat? So Philip Seymour Hoffman was in Boogie Nights. (laughs) The Big Lebowski, Magnolia, Almost Famous, and his son was in Licorice Pizza. Yes. Uh, Philip Seymour often died during the filming of the last movie. That's crazy. Uh, It was a drug overdose. It wasn't like, you know, known that he was going to die. He he was on drugs. Yeah. He was like 48. I thought he was older, but anyway. Um, Jeffrey Wright, um, he was the, the guy with the glasses and the wheelchair. I forget his name. Beatty? Beatty. He doesn't get a wheelchair till later. Yeah. Well, either way. He's um, in Westworld. Yes, he's in Westworld, but that that was after the yeah. Hunger Games. 
Before the Hunger Games, he was in Casino Royale and Quantum of Souls, if you want to count that one. Mm. Source Code and Ali. Ali. I don't know why I said it like that. And then Sam Claflin. He was um, Finnick, I think. Okay. I didn't want to put the characters' names next to the <laughs> <laughs> but I, but he's a mainstay from here onward, so yeah. that's why he's here. Uh, he was in Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Didn't was see that he? one. And he was in Snow White and the Huntsman. Was he? Yes. Okay, I believe you. Suzanne Collins did not write the screenplay for this one, and I think that was a constant for the rest of the movies as well. Uh, she probably was a producer or something. Uh, shooting in the movie had to work around X-Men Days of Future Past because Jennifer Lawrence was in that movie too. <laughs> uh, Gary Ross decided not to direct Catching Fire because of this mostly because the schedule was too tight and the filming started about three months after the first movie came out. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was hunger. Hunger! I'm hungry for those games! <laughs> <laughs> Give me those Hunger Games. They're they're gonna get over it soon. <laughs> and uh, in a way, they were right by the time the last one came out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Their attention spans fading. Yeah. There's this thing called Vine out. <laughs> um, the script had to be rewritten, possibly due to the director changing, and Michael Arndt was hired to do so. He was paid forty thousand dollars a week. Whoa! for the job let me drag that out and i don't know how many weeks it took him but damn even just two weeks and he's set yeah, for a year honestly uh parts of the film were shot on imax film uh the first trailer for just Ca- parts of it uh like you know big parts action scenes probably but it was distributed but like the film whatever um what? yeah so, did it come out in IMAX? It came out in IMAX, but only parts of it were technically IMAX. That's weird. This is Lionsgate. Remember, they didn't make a profit for five years for the first movie <laughs> yeah, came out. Okay. okay, okay. Um, uh, the, um, the first trailer uh, for Catching Fire was released in theaters before Breaking Dawn Part 2. <gasps> Assuming there was a lot of the audience overlap. overlap. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it just revealed the logo because... Um, they obviously didn't film it yet. Yeah. Um, the final trailer for the movie was shown during the fifth inning of Game 4 of the 2013 World Series. Who played? Red Sox and St. Louis. Uh, I think the Red Sox won. <laughs> Box office stuff. This one grossed $424.7 million in North America. That's a lot. And $440.3 million in other countries. So altogether is $865 million globally. It was the highest grossing film in the series. And for Lionsgate. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fifth highest of 2013. So, Mm. side note here. I thought 2013 was a very quiet year for movies. And I I thought this would be really up there. I thought it would be like one, two, or three. No, that's the era where I was going to see movies every weekend. Right. Um, Do you want uh, to guess the top four movies of that year? Of 2013? 2013. Oh, fucking A. Okay. This is a complete shot in the dark because I'm just thinking about what movies I would have seen when I was 14 years old. Okay. Right? When right. I had like two friends and we were going to the movies like every other week. <laughs> when I had two friends. I only ever had two friends. <laughs> wow. Um, mm, fuck. What would I have seen that year? 
I'll start. You want me to start from the bottom? Sure. The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. Well, fuck, I didn't see that. Despicable Me Too. I didn't see that. Iron Man 3. I didn't see that. The number one you definitely saw. You might have even seen it twice. Frozen. Shut the fuck up. I didn't see that in theaters either. You didn't? No. Damn, you... I waited to see it. Wow. So... Damn, that was nothing I would have guessed. I'm gonna... I guess to be fair, we mostly saw the shitty horror movies. Yeah, and we those saw like the... Cabin in the Woods and Insidious and shit like that. Okay, so yeah, Frozen was huge. Um, I didn't see that in theaters. I had considered it a kids' movie, and as a fourteen-year-old, that was beneath me. I refused to see it by myself. Obviously, <laughs> that would you would have been, been put on a list. Yeah, I would have put it on a list. <laughs> um, however. Did you go with your girlfriend at the time? No, I was not dating anyone at the time. Um, <laughs> Did you go with John? Uh, I'm gonna cut Please. this part. I'm gonna cut this part out. But I actually went with Brooke. You went with Brooke. <laughs> it was after she broke up with Tyler. Did you go on a date? No, it wasn't a date. It was just like we were just hanging out. <laughs> oh no! But I had to go with a woman. She was like the only woman I knew. <laughs> you should have gone with your nana. I could have. I mean, she took the girls to go see it, my, my cousins. So, uh, and then when I got the Blu-ray, I saw I was dating someone then, and I saw it with her. Oh my god. Um, okay. So yeah, Frozen was. I liked it though. It was. It was in, I did not know it was a musical. <laughs> it's a Disney movie. You didn't I, know it's a musical. I did not know it was a musical. <laughs> um. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, here's um, uh, fun. I guess maybe I will leave this in. I hope I hope Will is cool about it. Um, <laughs> after we saw Frozen, um, I went back to Brooke's house and we watched the movie Dogma. It was very polarizing. <laughs> Have you ever seen that movie? No. <laughs> it's about like two angels that come down from heaven. Okay. <laughs> to and <laughs> and they're Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. <laughs> And and they're like, this is the end times. I don't know. It was a weird ass movie. Uh, it was in the Jay and Silent Bob universe, so they were in it as well. What the fuck? Yeah, it's a Kevin Smith movie, and I had no clue the movie existed. I only saw Clerks one at the time, and I was so tired. I was like fever dreaming the movie, and I was like, I need to go home. <laughs> I went home, and it was like the saddest drive home of my life. Um. Um. All right, so maybe I will leave that part in. Maybe there. you just bleep out her name. Yeah, maybe Will will know who it is. <laughs> we'll, we'll all know. Um, <laughs> that was 2013. It was so long ago. <laughs> that was 10 years ago. That was 10 years ago. Holy shit! <laughs> <clears throat> um, awards. I think I forgot to mention the awards in uh, for the first movie. I'm sure there were a bunch. I don't care. Um, oh, you don't want to hear the awards? Oh, I mean, you can say them. Oh. Best song, Atlas by Coldplay. No! Please, no, <laughs> no, no. Um, People's Choice Award. Not that song. Is that the one for... like, some song, the sun? Yeah, it's that one. Oh, God. Um, I mean, I guess it's the only one of their songs I know because of this movie. Yeah. Because it plays during the credits. Um, People's Choice Award for Favorite Year-End Movie. 
um, the Kids' Choice Award for favorite movie, okay. favorite movie actress for Jennifer Lawrence, mm-hmm. and favorite female butt kicker for Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> wow, she sure does kick a butt. She, I'm telling you, she was huge for like yeah. women in media. Um, <clears throat> MTV Movie Award for Movie of the Year, Best Male Performance for um, Josh Hutcherson. Josh Hutcherson. Uh, best female performance for Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Best shirtless performance nominated. For I think who? it was for Finnick. Oh. Um, Zach Efron won this for the movie That Awkward Moment. I don't remember that movie. I don't remember that movie either. The only Zach Efron movie that I remember coming out yeah. after High School Musical wasn't he in like a 13 going on 30 type movie? 17 again. 17 again. <laughs> yes. He was also in the Baywatch movie, which I really want to watch. We're going to watch that on. <laughs> Wait, doesn't he have like a mustache in that movie? No. I thought he did. No. Uh, What's maybe. the movie that came out recently where he has like a beard? That's the. I don't know. The wrestling movie. That's soon. Oh, God. With the bear? Yeah. That'll be incredible i can't wait to see but the that. rock is in baywatch too so yeah we'll watch that someday i'm sure anyway yeah um teen choice awards uh for choice movie sci-fi fantasy choice movie actress sci-fi fantasy for jennifer lawrence mm-hmm. uh, choice movie choice male actor sci-fi fantasy for josh hutcherson it's hard for me to say for some reason oh shape my mouth easy to come off my lips um choice movie villain for donald sutherland for snow santa discuss discuss <laughs> this movie was probably my favorite of the bunch um i agree going with uh, just how much they built into the the lore of the hunger games so yes. obviously katniss and Peeta won and they both get nice houses, but they had to do a press tour for it. Yeah, they have to now. Their whole life is being victors. Yeah, they're they're, they're never going to get to rest. Yeah, and Katniss does not like this at all. No, she doesn't like going around to the districts and seeing them get beat up and stuff. Yeah, because she now did. she is aware that people yeah. are mad. Yeah, and they're like, "Tell us what you really think," and she's like being forced at gunpoint to say these lines like, given to her. Yeah, she's like, um, "I don't really think because these people are controlling what I say, but they're giving Basically. me a nice house." But I well, don't. She didn't say that. Yeah, she. I know, but I don't pay for the electric. You <laughs> <laughs> ever notice her house is always dark? Like she doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then um, I think that just fits the vibe. Snow doesn't like that she uh, is kind of defiant about the whole process mm-hmm. of being a victor. And he's like, well, that doesn't matter because um, it's the 75th Hunger Games the ne- the following year. Like, this tour goes on. Yeah. Uh, it's not explained well in the movie, but the tour goes on for a year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, close to the end of the year, he's like, well, actually, it's the quarter quell now. It's the 75th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Well, We're gonna get- he, the way that they describe it, it's like it sounds like they do something special every 25 years. Yeah. But they don't pull from the Victor pool every twenty five years. Right. They just do something wacky. Yeah. I don't I would love to know what they did for the other two. Yeah, there's a lot of like back lore for this 
whole series and yeah. uh, only some of, only some of it is scratched in the prequel one which yeah. we will get to at, at 2 a.m uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what was i talking about oh yeah the game so they did the quarter quell and all the victors go on well he decides this because yeah. of how in the last year both katniss and Peta won so he's like i'm gonna make it so one of them definitely has to go yeah and die yeah and I'm going to kill a bunch of these other people that everyone loves, too, so we can get more TV ratings because that really matters in this world. Yeah. <laughs> like, for some reason. Um, so they do it, and uh, a bunch of people die, Well, obviously. I don't think it's so much the TV ratings, but just everyone's watching. But it's yeah. also kind of implied it's mandatory to watch. Right. Like it's they always they, on. Yeah, they make everyone watch it for the entirety of the games, and... Uh, while all this is happening, a lot of the districts are beginning to uh, rebel against the mm-hmm. capital, and it's not cool what the capital does. No, and not cool, man. Not cool. <laughs> uh, and anyway, so basically, there's like this whole backplot of um, a rebellion group mm-hmm. that is working. Together with Katniss within the games. But Katniss doesn't know. Katniss has no clue. She's like, are these people going to betray me? She's on edge the whole time because mm-hmm. they're victors from like, they actually kill people, basically victors. Yeah. Um, I mean, she killed someone in the first one. She killed a couple people in the first one. Yeah. But it's like she's up against people who have won before. Yeah. Who and who have, won. it's been a while since they won. Yeah. But also they all know each other mm-hmm. because they're victors. Yeah. And, and, um, a lot of like weird propaganda about the games like yeah um pita says there's a baby on the way or whatever yeah well they try to all come like, up with a reason to they stop don't want to do it end. yeah no. they don't want to none do of it. them want to fucking do it yeah so they're all pulling shit out of their asses at the very end trying to get them to cancel the and games. this only riles up the districts more yeah yeah. And Peter pulls out the card that Katniss is pregnant. And everyone's like... Because <gasps> they were supposed to get married on the day that the games were going to start or something like that. Yeah, because Snow's <clears> that <throat> petty. Yeah. And uh, he really is that bitch. Yeah. And... um, Yeah, so he's like, yeah, we were supposed to get married today. And now I'm worried because of the baby. And then the capital goes up in arms because mm-hmm. they're like no the games can't go on if she's pregnant like yeah. you're fucking crazy yeah and then so it's it's described better in the books like i think she says something during the games about being worried about the baby or something too yeah. but it's still implied to everyone watching that she is pregnant during while the during the games yeah. and afterwards so now i'm getting into mockingjay now but when she's asked about what happened like she has to explain because she's still keeping up this ruse that she had been pregnant she's not going to tell them i wasn't actually pregnant because then that's going to still ruin their vision yeah. of her as the mockingjay right but she has to come up with the excuse that she lost the baby because of the stress of the games right which is sad and weird yeah um which i feel like would have happened anyways if she was actually pregnant yeah she was moving around a lot well it's not moving around that causes miscarriage it's like emotional oh really yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, if you get, like, hit in the stomach, yeah. Yeah, or, you know, you get punched in the stomach a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that's pretty emotional, too. So, yeah, so basically there's a B-plot where um, she doesn't know that people are working with her to get her out of the arena. Yes. And she uh, um, shoots an arrow into the arena ceiling, mm-hmm. 
and it breaks the arena and she's picked up by the mysterious 13th district and then the movie ends did you know that that even goes all the way back to when Cinna is dressing her mm-hmm. he puts her pin on the arm where her tracker is oh because they put the tracker in in the plane and then they get to the place where she's about to go up and he puts the pin on that arm oh I so they would know that. which arm to take it out of it's explained in the books okay but yeah so then that's how joanna knew which arm to take the tracker out of okay because that's what joanna was doing at that one part secretive where she like cut her arm open so that whole part is very interesting like both both the first movies like you don't really see like the ending coming yeah. i guess more more or less and i guess the every movie ends like that in a way kind of um, the last one the, well yeah the last one's like you kind of know what's gonna happen like because it's well telegraphed but we'll get there and um yeah i thought this one was good i thought this movie inspired Fortnite no yeah i think battle royale did that no what this movie inspired Fortnite. because there was the storm circle i guess yeah anyway and that existed before this movie did it i think so i don't know pubg pubg wasn't out until like 2017 2016 no it was out before that the arma was out but it was the mod anyway you ever play minecraft hunger games no it was so good uh, minecraft so, hunger games was so much fun i think i think <laughs> i think the whole fact that battle royale is a genre now um is like everyone missing the point of this movie Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I remember when I was a teenager, like, reading these books and watching these movies. Like, wow, this is awful. Going then, on, like, Tumblr yeah. and seeing people's comparisons about how Decapital is happening in real life. Because you would go and you'd see magazines and grocery stores about, like, the love triangle of the Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah. And just, like, how they focus it's, on the love like triangle very, shit. I, and, yeah. Yeah, I have a note or two about that for Mockingjay Part 1, like, which I guess we should start Whoa, talking about. Oh, segue! Um... Same director again, mostly the same cast, but I'll go over some new additions. Julianne Moore. Uh, she was um, the District 13 leader. Forget Coin. Her name. Coin. Um, she was in Boogie Nights, The Big Lebowski, and Don John. Well, is this a Big Lebowski revival? Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure she was friends with Philip Seymour Hoffman because he was in both of those as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Natalie Dormer. She was famous for Game of Thrones. Her boobies were out. Wait, who is she? Um, she was the girl with the like shaved the uh, the video girl. Yes. Yes, with like yes. the shaved head, and that was a big style back then, like shaving the half, half your head. head. Yeah, that was a big. Uh, yeah, that was a big look. Yeah, don't say it. Um, she was in Game of Thrones, Captain America: The First Avenger, and Rush. Um, Rush is not a movie about Rush. And what? It's a movie about um. A race car driver, and it's starring Chris Hemsworth. Mm. I think. It looks a lot like him. Uh, Wes Chatham, uh, this is kind of a minor actor, but he I don't even know who he played. But he played uh, Amos in The Expanse. So I was right about that. Because we were watching it, and I was like, that's Amos. Okay. Very different character in this movie, because Amos is really hot-headed, and Leroy Jenkins. <clears throat> um, so... <laughs> 
It was announced in May of 2012, well before even Catching Fire was out, and was revealed to be a two-parter following the trend of Harry Potter and Twilight. Uh, filming... They probably didn't really have to, though. They did not have to, and no. I'll go into that in a bit. Um, filming began even before Catching Fire released. Both Part 1 and 2 were filmed back-to-back. Um, there was a big push for the final installments to do better internationally. Um, and then marketing for this was uh, very interesting. Let me swing my feet. Oh, sorry. You keep stopping me. My feet don't reach the ground. What am I supposed um, to do with them? <laughs> sorry, I didn't know what I was <laughs> I was playing with under the table. Uh, <laughs> no, that was my giant cock. <laughs> wow, it's swinging around. Um, all right, I'm going to cut that part out. <laughs> no. Uh, marketing, marketing for The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1. Uh, a mobile game was released. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a role-playing card collection game in which players assume the identity of district members sent on a mission in order to build their alliance, liberate their district, and rebuild Pan Am. Uh, mm, so webs- you play like as a rebellion. Right. Mm. Uh, a website called thecapital.pn was created for the movies. A viral video featuring President Snow and PETA was released. <laughs> oh my god, PETA. <laughs> um, I love when she said that in the first movie. <laughs> um, uh, a viral video featuring President Snow and PETA was released, bringing together what happened at the end of Catching Fire, showing that PETA was with President Snow. Yes. Um, if you read the books, you knew that. If yeah. you read the books, you knew that. But it kind of like you realize that later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. But he's like with him, with him. Uh, is mm-hmm. like right hand man. Uh, two weeks later, another viral video was released, which had an address by President Snow, uh, which was interrupted by District 13. Both videos have about 13 million views each on YouTube and can still be watched today. Mm. I watched them while researching this. Were they cool? Yeah, they were kind of interesting. <laughs> Uh, There were definitely some interesting vibes. Mm. Um, An Instagram account was created for the Capitol. Oh, interesting. Yeah, before the first trailer released, a teaser poster was posted but quickly removed, and then the Capitol apologized for the technological difficulties. (gasps) Oh! Controversy. I love that. I love that. That's a cool marketing. Yeah, I, I like was, that. I thought that was pretty cool. Let's go into controversy now. Oh, no. Showings were canceled in Thailand because protesters were using the three-finger salute uh, <sighs> at demonstrations against their own country's military government. Fucking Christ. Um, I wonder how Suzanne Collins feels about that. I don't know. Uh, in retaliation to the Ferguson unrest, remember that? Oh, shit. Following the oh, shooting that was of, that time. Yep, of Michael Brown. A protester scrawled graffiti reading, If we burn, you burn with us, on an archway in St. Louis. Not the arches. Fair? Oh. <laughs> but like an archway. Just a regular yeah. I had to. Lo- I, did, I had to see a picture of it. I was like, I don't remember that. <laughs> no, they did on the Golden Arches. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the Hunger Games, they would have done it on that. But yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, um, do you remember that? To be fair, that's a really iconic line. I remember. I love that line. I remember. And that does not surprise me that it's used now politically. I remember Ferguson was the first time I started using Twitter on a daily basis. I remember that's when. Which is uh, fucked up, but whatever. I. Yeah. That's when I spent a lot of time in my bedroom because my dad always had Fox News on (laughs) and I did not want to fucking hear it. 
yeah, that from was, him. That was pretty bad. Hashtag childhood trauma. That was pretty bad, and you know we have something like that like way too often. But anyway, uh, box office numbers. Yeah, we'll now talk it's just about depressing. capitalism. Um, this. Uh, it, it made 331.1 million in North America and 418.2 million in other countries. So 755.4 million altogether on a $125 million budget. Wow. So I, this Thank is you. the only one I wrote it down for. I, I like think. the comparison. Yeah. Um, again, it again, this year, it was the fifth highest grossing movie. Lauren. <laughs> Do you want to know what were the other ones in 2014? Which um, is 2014 still? 2013 was last oh, year. Oh fuck! Okay, I'm gonna guess. This is less of an iconic year, less of and an you iconic will not year. believe the first movie. I and this is global box office, by the way. That's that's big to know for the first global movie. box office. Yeah. Is the first one like Loop on the Third or something? No, that would not be the first oh. globally anywhere. Okay, never mind. Scratch that. Um, in twenty four, is there an Avengers movie? There is not an Avengers movie this year. What? This was this no was no Marvel movie. There's a Marvel movie. This was a down year for Marvel. This was back when there was one movie, like one or Every two movies year. a year. Yeah, not ten. Yeah. Okay. Um, Transformers. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first number one movie of the really? year. Yeah. <laughs> Age of Extinction, the one I had never saw. I never saw that either. That's with the, one with the dinosaur dinosaurs. and the sword. Yes. Um, and and um Marky Mark. Yeah. Um unfortunately I can only think of a stage name. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Um yeah, so just give them to me. Alright. Number four is Maleficent. Number three is Guardians of the Galaxy, number one. That's a Marvel movie. I said there was one Marvel movie. Oh. The Hobbit, Battle of Five Armies was number two. Um, and number six was X-Men Days of Future Past, which was also another movie that she was working on. Oh, yeah. I should have said that. We yeah. mentioned that. So that was number six, though. And it wasn't technically a Marvel movie at that point. Not yet. It was a Fox movie based on a Marvel property. Yeah. Second largest opening behind Transformers, okay. even though it was the number five film of the year. Okay. Uh, and it won a few awards. It basically won the same awards for MTV. Yeah, you don't need uh, the Kids' Choice the awards. awards, all that stuff. It was popular. Um, let's see. Uh, it won a, fi- a Women's Film Critics Circle Best Female Images in Movies. I'm not sure what that means. I guess. Images of women. They looked good. Um, part two was released. I guess we'll talk about both these in tandem. Mm-hmm. Uh, part two was released a year later, not like six months later, a year later. That's dragging. <clears throat> yeah. And I think that was a, a crucial uh, misstep in like the success of the last movie. Yeah. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman died during the filming of this movie. However, a majority of his films or of his scenes were already shot. Uh, the first teaser was shown as a trailer before Divergent insurgent the second one the second one and was apparently very similar to the dark knights teaser trailer since it just featured a logo and dialogue i don't know why they mentioned that like i think a lot of movies do that pretty sure avengers started like that 
Um, yeah, I don't know. The website was updated to uh, the Capitol website I mentioned before was up- updated to include a teaser poster of a vandalized President Snow statue. Uh, a propaganda video was released uh, before the first official trailer. Mm-hmm. And a poster was released um, that said 100 days until the Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. But it was taken down because there was a, a text error, a graphic design error that um made it look like it said uh see you next tuesday (laughs) inside one of the letters oh no so it was taken down um i have looked i found the image online does it it does very much look like it says the c word i don't have it pulled up but um if you just look up um mockingjay poster uh see you next tuesday um, you, you'll find it. You'll find it on Google. Remember, as Jennifer Lawrence n- knows, if it's on the internet, it ain't going anywhere. You might be able to tear it down from the movie theater wall. Oh, no. It says it. Says it. Yeah, it says <laughs> it. Um, anyway. Uh, that's... Woof. That's unfortunate. That is very unfortunate. It is a cool you sound poster. Like, you sound of. like Adam there. Oh, said woof. Sorry. <laughs> trigger warning all right so here's the box office for there isn't much more to say because it's a part two of another movie mm-hmm. 281.7 million in the united states and canada and 376.6 millions in the rest of the world so it was 653.4 million worldwide we're acting like that's not a lot of money but like for the rest of the series it's it's a significantly less yeah comparatively yeah. um it was considered to underperform obviously and um, there were eight movies above it. I'm just going to list them off because we're running out of time. Uh, or are we? <laughs> oh, no. Russell 20. <clears throat> I know. Um, this was the year of Star Wars The Force Awakens. And what I consider to be like the year that like, movies got a little less interesting to go to. Um, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Jurassic World, Furious 7, Avengers, Minions, Spectre, Inside Out, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, we're all uh, above it. Do you want to know something interesting about Star Wars? What? I might have told you this before, but when that came out, our Christmas gift that year was to go as a family to see it because my dad was super excited about it. Uh Uh-huh. And he wanted to leave before the movie was over. He didn't like it? He fucking hated it. Because there was a woman or something? Probably. Wow. I don't remember exactly. I remember he I, was really unhappy with it. I think everyone liked it like when it came out. Yeah. <laughs> when it came out, it was <clears throat> fucking awesome. Yeah, it was cool. And I loved Kylo Ren. Yeah. I I got a blanket with him on it. I think we got rid of that blanket. We did. It was it was bad. A little worn out. Yeah. I wonder well loved. why. Um <laughs> So the reason why it didn't do so well is because Star Wars came out like a couple weeks after it. Yeah, that's going to kill it. So if someone was going to see a movie over the holidays, they were going to see Star Wars. Star Wars. I mean, that's what my family literally did. Yeah. And then critics did not like how it was split into two parts. They thought it should have been one movie. It should have been. So let's talk about it like it's one movie. Yeah. Lauren, what do you think about Mockingjay parts one and two? Uh, they happened. Slow. Uh, 
Yeah. So really? <clears throat> not especially noteworthy. No. Um, watch the first 30 minutes of the first one and the last 30 minutes of the second one. Really? And you're fine. Wow. There's a I don't few... enjoy these as much as I enjoy the first two. Yeah. They feel very drawn <clears throat> out. There were... The first one... The first movie, I only remember the part of the end. Um, and the the last movie, there were a few cool, cool action scenes and stuff. Yeah, like when she fucking shoots down a fighter jet. That was the first movie. I remember that part, too. Yeah. That part made with me a, laugh. With an arrow? With, a, with an arrow. Even though it had an explosive tip. Yes. Um, I'll show you something with an explosive <clears throat> tip. Yikes. <laughs> and I liked that part. So basically, go ahead and tell everyone the plot of this movie. Oh. I'm going to drink some water. Um, Katniss is in District 13, which is discovered that it is real. It was always kind of a folklore thing because they got <clears throat> bombed. Yeah. Uh, like nuclear fallouted by the Capitol after the rebellion. Um... She's there. PETA is at the Capitol. And the Capitol is using PETA as a weapon against Katniss. Because Katniss is doing this advertising campaign, basically, for the Rebellion. Yeah. And the Capitol is responding with PETA by showing him being progressively starved and beaten (laughs) on TV. (laughs) And he was basically brainwashed into hating katniss so this this movie the theme is marketing yeah the theme is marketing you find like really quickly that katniss even though she's with the the rebels she doesn't like that she's being used like as a marketing tool yeah she hates it yeah she doesn't want to do it but then she is like i have to do this i guess yeah she's like well i guess i am the mockingjay oh goodbye i'm getting a drink sorry yeah and so they basically keep going back and forth and then finally she's like you need to save Peta." russell's filling up his water he's not pissing i don't know if um, that's picking up on the microphone maybe a little go on um and so she's like uh i am not going to keep doing this if you don't save Peta." so they go save Peta, and they let them take him because they fucked him up and they were like have fun with him now yeah and then they go and they fight the capital and they win and the jump scare at the end is that she kills the president of 13 because she realizes that she just wants to be the next snow because yeah. she wants to do the hunger games but for the capital kids she's like no i'm not gonna let you do that so she kills her <laughs> and you're skipping over a lot no i'm not <laughs> and then they go and live happily ever after the end. so so yeah the end the end is like satisfying yeah um it it definitely like shows that um the thesius story was the plan all along mm-hmm. um it was the groundwork for the whole series and yeah and if you don't believe that and you think it's still based off of battle royale it's really not it's really not no, no. and th- and i i didn't watch i was gonna watch it but i didn't battle royale yeah but just to you know double check but no i remember it like i watched a trailer for it i was like oh no no i remember this not being like the hunger games mm-hmm. there might have been like a gunshot that went off every time someone died yeah but that was it um and honestly like yeah but anyway so i thought that like this was like the most useless two-parter like all these two-part movies like harry potter 
mm-hmm. Twilight. I don't think they should have ever been, like started to do this. Like it's all a money thing. Some of them it makes sense. Yeah. Harry Potter makes sense. That book is like four inches thick. Right, but like a lot of the first part of the the movie, the first part of the Deathly Hollows is just like walking around and like collecting I don't know. things. I haven't seen that movie. Yeah, that's when he's it. getting the Horcruxes, and then the second part of the movie is fucking awesome. <laughs> it's like action the whole time. But, like, I expected that out of this because, again, I stopped reading the books and giving a shit about this after yeah. I watched Catching Fire. And um, and I was like, oh, the second the second one will be, like, a big war or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was just more of the same until the end, really. Like, Pretty much. Like, you really could have, like, cut out a few scenes and, like, like yeah, there were, there were some, like, moments with her family and everything. And it, and it sucks that she kind of did lose what she what she like beginning of the movie started because she volunteered for her, for her sister. sister and then her sister dies got and fucking carpet bombed got carpet bombed at the end and um which you know it sounds like we're making light of it but like it was just, just very happened. it was very quick in the movie yeah um and like you kind of forget that she has that relationship with her sister mm-hmm. except for in like a couple points of the the movies where she's like oh i gotta find prim yeah um she feels more um like an accessory in the movies than she does in right. the books yeah she's the she's what gets the plot going mm-hmm. um and 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 ending the plot as well yeah um and of course that, nothing works out with gail um gail gets a little too into the military with the the rebels well and, he sides with district 13 yeah he sides with the district and katniss sides with herself because she's an independent woman yeah um and a strong <laughs> female lead and yeah the awards that's saying i'm saying that like a it's a bad thing but um it's truly a good thing to have a character like that Mm -hmm. so again just i'm not sexist yeah sure okay (laughs) i live with a woman and i do the cooking and the cleaning he does he also pays the bills too i pay he does everything i pay the bills and lauren venmo's me (laughs) um and i get cash back no, you don't. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I kind of did at Barnes and Noble. You did. <laughs> I was using your award. Yeah, I think the that's the closest saga. I'll ever get. That that was frustrating. Uh, anyway, you know when we were at Barnes and Noble the other day at the Starbucks, she asked if I wanted to use the five dollars for my drink. Did you? No. Oh, that five dollars is yours. I guess. From those books. Anyway, no. um, next time. So yeah, I thought it. I thought um, Mockingjay ended very like successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so like I can't imagine seeing the first one, and all the shit that happens with Peta like and going crazy a year. and waiting like the longest time between movies too, mm-hmm. like over a year, to see the second one and like remembering it, and like I would have been like, is this part one? I I would have actually thought it was part one mm-hmm. if you know the thing with Peta wasn't happening, um, in the beginning of it and whatever but mm-hmm. um it was overall like like th- these movies are pretty important for uh like in in my opinion like closing off that that period of, yeah. of films and it's it's very telling that the movie that kind of like made it less successful in the end was star wars and and it was also the year where like i guess three of the top 10 movies were um 
Disney-owned properties. Yeah, um, times were changing. Times were changing, and and um, book, it's time for Lionsgate to book movies. The again. Yeah, book movies were um, on their way out, and the Hollywood blockbuster was on its way in. Yep. Um, Fury Seven was huge in China. Yeah. So basically, what was they talking about? <laughs> yeah. So the Hunger Games ended a. Uh, uh, era, era of of book to movies specifically <clears throat> dystopian dystopian uh people wanted to see um star wars and lightsabers and captain america shooting ATSG. lasers out of his head yeah what when did he do that he, he never did that <laughs> um, i'm gonna say i missed a so couple yeah, of movies yeah i think that these movies are good screen um Remember to buy the collection instead of all the movies individually on your <laughs> on Apple, Apple TV. TV. <laughs> because I bought all these individually, which... It costs a lot more. Cost me about $40. Um, and the I collection's like 15 $17. Um, <laughs> I don't know why they made that an option. But anyway, um, yeah. overall, I would say it's a good screen. The whole you, thing in general? The whole thing. Yeah, it's a good screen. Yeah, it's a good screen. But it's all context for the next movie that we'll be talking about on the next episode of Good Screen, mm-hmm. which is um, the Ballad of the Songbirds and the Snakes. No, you said it wrong. I did. <laughs> it's the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. That's like saying it's a ballad. A of ballad songbirds of Songbirds and Snakes. That's like saying going to see the Stars Wars. The Stars Wars. Going to see a Star War. Yeah. Go um, buy a Star War. Yeah. What's the thing they say in Arrested Development? Go go see a Star Wars. Go see War. a Star War. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next time on the good screen, we will be talking about that movie. Yeah. Not Star Wars, the other one. The other one. Um, so we hope this gives some context for anyone who is unfamiliar with the series and may be going into the new movie because it's a prequel. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say um, knowing this series, even though it's kind of like... And I'll go into this, I'm sure, in the next episode. Even though it's kind of like a Darth Vader sort of, to use Star Wars as an example, weirdly. um, It is good to know the context behind the character before you watch this movie. Because it would be um, weirdly more depressing, probably, to see how things turn out for this guy. Uh, if you don't know what he's like in the Hunger Games, if you don't know um, that, oh, he's supposed to be like this. Yeah, he's supposed to be <laughs> yeah, this awful, he's supposed evil to be awful. person. But um, uh, yeah. So overall, like, here's there's your context. If you don't feel like watching these four movies, we just explain them uh, very weirdly. Weirdly, we didn't really say anything about Snow. We didn't say anything about Snow. He's kind of a cock. Yeah, I guess what you need <laughs> to know about Snow is he's the president of the Capitol and yeah. of Pan Am. Then, well, and he run well he uh i guess kind of directs the hunger games there's game makers but he's also behind a lot of it he makes the choices and he has a bone to pick with katniss because she wants to be defiant yeah and he doesn't like that no because of reasons that that we find out we find out in his past Ooh. in the original books it's kind of just he's an awful bad person but the a Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes gives it context. Yeah. I guess. The, that validates it? It makes you feel like... It made me be like, is this trying to validate what Snow did? Yeah. Because it doesn't. No. 
I think it just sets him up kind of like Anakin. Anakin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so we'll talk about that later. We hope you enjoyed this episode. How long did this turn out to be? Two hours? Hour 45. Hour 45. Before not editing. bad. Oh my God. I can, I can just upload the audio. Good. Um, You're not going to cut stuff out? Oh, no, I am. But I mean, like, if it's over two hours, oh, yeah. I can't just uh, publish to YouTube through RSS. Mm, okay. I mentioned that before, I think. So many. Okay, cool. Times. So next time we see you guys, we'll talk about, uh, we'll have a proper good screen episode. Yes. And we'll talk about um, a ballad of songbirds and snakes. Is that what it's called? I don't have it over there anymore. Oh, A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Okay, so we'll talk about that. Or wait, The Ballad. It, it is, is The Ballad. The ballad. Oh. I was wrong. You were right. I was right. So we'll talk about that. We hope you enjoyed this strange bonus different episode of The Good Screen. And uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.